honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. As an entrepreneur, I almost wish you could go and get that first failure under your belt in that first week, because honestly, it's so meaningless in the end of it. You're going to find some other way, right? Like you said, and that's just kind of like human nature, right? How many of us fall and never get up, right? So I think we all have it in us to, you know, want to get up and want to try again. Um, so 100% when it came to I'm aware, we were told that, you know, everything from this is never going to fly there. This is pseudoscience. You know, you guys are going to, you know, end up hurting people. Everything that we stood for, we were being challenged, you know, and, and being told that it just that wasn't the right way to do it. Even some of the early doctors were like, you know, why are people going to want to do this? They want to go see their doctor. Um, and and all of that kind of like, you know, pushback was great because it really got us focused. Right. And we took a bunch of knocks early on and we got back up and we we're like, the science is great. So let's go prove to people the science is great. So welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. Today I am pleasure. I, I have the pleasure of having on Yanni from I'm Aware. Yanni, thanks for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Izzy. It's a pleasure. Yeah, no problem. I, I, I've seen a ton of stuff and it was amazing. Um, as most of the audience knows, I, I do have celiac and meeting you at the Gluten-Free Festival was like, honestly, uh, uh, a blessing in disguise, really. Um, and you guys are doing amazing things. Um, I know who you are. People that are listening right now or watching on YouTube, anything like that, might not know who you are. So do you want to go into who you are? What do you do and why do you do it? Yeah, of course. Uh, so my name is Yanni. I'm one of the uh, co-founders of I'm Aware, which is the at-home testing platform for conditions like celiac disease. Uh, the idea behind I'm Aware is that we can help people get diagnosed with conditions, um, but also more importantly, actually track and monitor those conditions uh, down so that they can get back to kind of being healthy. So, you know, in your case, when you got diagnosed with celiac disease, you were probably told you got to get on this long-term commitment for a gluten-free diet. But uh, the idea is, you also want to check in and see if you're actually being effective in adhering to that gluten-free diet. So yeah. kind of we're here to act as that, you know, companion at home to help you get insights so that if anything isn't kind of how it should be, you can go back to your doctor and say, hey, look at this, you know, this really scientifically looking report um, that seems to be backed by all these amazing doctors suggests that I'm not where I need to be in my health. So. Uh, that's what we're doing with I'm Aware, and <clears throat> and right now we're focused on celiac disease and rheumatoid arthritis, but uh, in a couple months we're going to start to really expand that list and put on a bunch of other tests that we think are going to help people really get to know more about their health, including heart disease, prostate cancer, um, thyroid conditions, and even the annual checkup, just a, a kind of a wellness test that checks off a whole bunch of different markers 
that make sure that you're actually just generally healthy. So yeah, we want to kind of bring that, you know, great doctor's experience home so that you can take control of your health uh, and then go to your doctor if anything looks a little amiss. That's awesome. And just seeing obviously what's in the future for you guys, we chatted a little bit before this. So um, seeing what's in the future for you guys, I think it's so cool. Um, Really, I I don't know the tech behind it. I, I was never that guy but just seeing you do it and seeing everybody all the stuff behind the scenes and working with you guys with the videos and everything like that it's been really cool to see what what did you and your co-founders say like was somebody diagnosed with celiac how did this come about for you guys yeah so actually one of the the doctors that uh, is part of our early founding team was the doctor that debunked a, another company called theranos so they were claiming to test for all diseases out of just a single drop of blood. So oh, this, wow. this doctor... Oh, that's right. I, I watched that documentary. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so amazing idea. And I honestly wished it had worked, right? Could you imagine if you could just take that one drop and have insights about your entire health? It definitely seemed a little kind of Star Trekky, y um, And it's unfortunate because the way it played out was that Dr. Diamandis kind of vetted... Uh, 60 other people who had had these Theranos tests and found that they were in fact kind of wrong or misleading or or just not accurate. So um, he famously kind of declared that they might not be who they say they are. And of course, then history told us that. Um, meanwhile, Dr. Diamandis has spent like 25 years, 30 years working on small volume blood testing and was able to identify prostate cancer out of a really, really small amount of blood. So kind of the combination of this Theranos event and <clears throat> Dr. Diamandis confirming that in fact he can identify this PSA marker for prostate cancer was the formation of, of our company. And in the very early days, uh, the team kind of looked around the table to each other and said, hey, we've all had that health situation, you know, whether it's a friend or a loved one where they didn't go to the doctor, they complained about pains, and then it ended up being something more chronic than even they had thought. And if there's just some easy way to screen for something, you know, not to help you say, oh, I'm gonna self-diagnose, but rather to say like, I'm gonna go see a doctor now because this sounds really serious and maybe I can catch it earlier on. Uh, yeah. we all agreed that this was something that instead of kind of creating a direct to physician type of product and letting doctors control who should get tested and when, we actually said, this is something consumers should have. And so that's what started kind of getting us down the path to creating I'm Aware. So, you know, then like long story short, we had to go and do all the easy things like get some funding, spin up a proof of concept, (laughs) which of course, (laughs) a lot of time. Um, But uh, yeah, that was kind of how it all got started. And here we are. How long have you been at it now? So uh, some of the team, (laughs) Dr. Diamandis has literally put his entire life into it. He's a clinical biochemist. So he just stares at a microscope and blood samples all day long. Um, and, you know, I myself, uh, I've been at it uh, just shy of two years now and really focused on that consumer experience side uh, of I'm Aware, you know, from the, the kit to the website to the easy to read report. Um, so, yeah, it's been really, really awesome that way. And kind of your question about celiac disease, um, when we had the choice to launch, the idea was, you know, could we go out and do prostate cancer? And we probably could, 
but there was a bit of risk, like what if we make a mistake? So instead of kind of going after prostate cancer, we felt that what is a condition that's hugely underdiagnosed that could really take advantage of, you know, a home screening test like this and where we know that the science is really, really proven. Uh, and so celiac disease is actually one of those conditions, the, the number one underdiagnosed condition in the U.S., like only 40% of people who have it know they have it. Um, and the markers for that, these little uh, information pieces in your blood are hugely, you know, confident, inspiring for doctors. The, the biomarkers are really, really proven. So yeah. we actually launched with celiac disease to be able to build up our brand and presence and kind of go through this market validation phase. Uh, I got to speak to thousands of people uh, literally every day, just helping them understand, you know, what was holding them back from getting tested? What would their doctor say if they did get tested? Why were they not getting tested? What was the symptoms and family history? And uh, through that experience, A, I met a lot of great people, including yourself, and B, we really proved that, hey, this thing works and people want to know more about their conditions. So um, that market validation phase actually just wrapped up for us at the end of August. And, you know, nice. we sold more kits than we planned. We helped more people go to their doctors than we planned. And we got, you know, really great feedback. I got a handwritten letter actually from somebody who's like, I spent five years in you know rural Wisconsin trying to find a doctor who could tell me that I had celiac disease and over a weekend your test helped me actually get an answer that my doctor finally took seriously so um, those are small rewards and kind of why I keep doing what I'm doing here because it's the most fulfilling job I've ever had yeah that's that's amazing that's a powerful story at that and it's crazy like um, I Obviously, right now I'm in Boston, and I had um, when I first flew in on Tuesday, we had an event, and they had a whole bunch of bread there, and they were asking everybody was eating. I wasn't eating, obviously, um, and I was like, "Oh no, I'm I'm good." And somebody came up to me and said, "Why aren't you, honestly like Why aren't you eating?" And I said, "Oh, I I, I have celiac disease, um, celiac, um, but I, I kind of need special bread, um, and I'm good right now." and he looked at me and said, is that actually real? Come on. And it was, it was, it was honestly, that's exactly what happened. And I kind of was like, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not like I self-diagnosed myself. It is, I am diagnosed with it. Um, and he's like, yeah, a lot of people have been on it, um, on that craze. And I thought it was just a diet and all this stuff. I have lost a ton of weight. Don't get me wrong, but the, that wasn't like, I feel so much better. And yesterday I went to, uh, get lunch with Q and then guaranteed me that the thing I ordered was gluten-free and I was like, okay, okay, that's fine. Um, I get sick now if I have any type of gluten or anything like that. Yeah. And, um, long story short, it wasn't, I was out of commission for a couple hours. Um, I just felt like it's immediately, I just feel like crap. I, I just, I know it. And I, I was walking back with Q. I was like, there's no way, there's no way that was gluten-free. I thought it was like, Honestly, I thought I was in food coma. I thought I ate too much or something like that. But I was, I started thinking about it. I was like, no, there's no way. I haven't felt like this in a long time. And um, it's it's amazing that you are able to diagnose and do something with such a small amount of blood, really, from what um, what I had to actually do with you guys and seeing through our videos, seeing like people are honestly amazed. Like 
are they sure that they don't need more blood from me or anything like that? And it's really cool uh, being able to see that. So that's amazing. So let's, let's flash back to like college A's Yanni. So what do you, what do you, what is college A's Yanni? Does he think like, Hey, I'm going to be an entrepreneur or what were you looking to do? Um, so yeah, I was, uh, in probably one of the, like, I'll call it uh STEMiest of programs, um, math and computer science. Um, okay. and I kind of grew up in and went to university through the kind of late nineties, early two thousands, which was like the first dot com kind of, you know, really build up. That's when like early days, Amazon and Ebay's were just starting, you know, pop up early days, internet. So, you know, here I'm thinking like how on earth like what are you gonna do when you see these like awesome people and at the time already you know the, the likes of anybody like Jeff Bezos was like already he was pretty you know kind of awesome because he was taking on brick and mortar and like he was gonna win right so it was super inspiring to be around in that first dot-com boom and watch uh, what was happening in the world and how the internet was helping people get connected closer and closer so I kind of just said like I need to be part of helping people do what they do today but use the internet right so I, I kind of just started focusing on technology that people would want to use so I've been all over the place um, mainly just consulting and building products uh, from digital banking and insurance to construction and mining apps to kind of like just technology that people want to use and the coolest part about that job was I stopped developing and started becoming more of like this person who would talk to the users and figure out what they wanted to do. Um, and I learned pretty quickly that nobody actually ever spoke to anybody and asked them what they needed out of their technology, right? Especially back yeah. then, which is like, hey, if we build, a, you know, code it, people are going to use it. So kind of there was this big spread between like developers who would never speak to the end user and then, and then users who never got a chance to get feedback into the process. So. I kind of like wanted to become that person in the middle. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like I set out to do that out of college and, uh, you know, probably haven't really coded much since. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And, and I didn't know specifically that I even wanted to get into healthcare because I just didn't have that background. But, uh, you know, it was a couple of years ago when I realized that I've actually been in every other industry. And yeah. sometimes it takes a little bit of an outsider to say, hey, there's something wrong here. And especially if yeah. you've gotten through that situation, like I had a middle brother who was incredibly sick and, you know, a simple test actually could have avoided it all. So I just asked the question, like, why shouldn't people have access to this type of tool? And, and that was the question. And, and you know, it kind of led to where I'm at today. So uh, I think for anybody who, you know, wants to do something, what you might have thought you were going to do going to college and who you end up being are probably two very radically different things, right? So. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. I, I think I've, I've told you this, but I'm going to go into it. I, um, in college, I studied sports management. I said, uh, since I was really, really little, I knew, okay, Izzy isn't the athlete, so he's not going to go to the MLB, NBA, anything like that. So since, I think you can ask my uncles and my aunts, everything, everybody like that. Since I was little, I always told people, I'm going to be a sports lawyer. I'm, I'm going to be in sports law. I'm going to be an agent. And awesome. um, that was, that was my thing. And then <laughs> like 12 year old Izzy didn't know that 18 year old Izzy wasn't good at school and wasn't good at, wasn't going to go through 10 years of schooling or whatever I needed. 
Um, so when I got to college or high school, I realized, okay, there has to be something else. And I started looking into sports management programs. Um, and that's what I ended up getting my bachelor's degree in and studying and really just seeing the back end of sports was amazing, uh, amazing to me. But there was something nagging at me. And that was like, hey, there, you can do something for yourself. And you mentioned the uh, in outsider's perspective. I, I, I truly feel like in the Milwaukee startup community, we are legally a year and a month now. Um, so uh, we incorporated August 1st, 2018. And um, we had been working on the project really uh, May, maybe June um, of 2018. But we finally said, okay, that we have something here in in August of 2018. And since then, I, I truly think that because of my lens that I got from sports management and working for places like the Milwaukee Bucks, the Brewers, um, a wow. whole bunch of minor league teams, yeah, I, I was able to now take all that experience and put it onto my startup, but then show other startups in Milwaukee. And I mean, really, I'm at inbound right now, other startups here that, hey, you don't have to go about it this way just because Steve Jobs did it that way or this person did it this way. Everybody does it their own their own way, and it's it's really crazy just seeing the the shift more than anything. And a lot of I, we were talking to an entrepreneur yesterday. We got dinner. His name is Kai Banks. He actually listened to the podcast, so he probably got really giddy when he heard his name uh, <laughs> just now. But I think um, what Kai. Well, <laughs> yeah, there, there's a shout out there, Ty. Um, but I think what Ty struggles with the most is selling himself. And uh, all these entrepreneurs have this huge thought of, hey, I can do this or my product's the best or anything like that. But when it comes down to getting in front of an investor or getting in front of uh, XYZ client, it, they struggle a little bit. And I think with the bucks being told no, I, I used to make 200 calls a day and I would probably get voicemails 175 times. Um, and then 25 of those calls, they would pick up more than, let's say 20 of them will would answer and say, why are you wasting my tax, my tax dollars on the bucks? Because we were building this bright new shiny arena, um, everything wow. like that. But I, I was told no from, I mean, I've always been told no since I was very little, but like with the bucks, I was told no on a daily basis. And now it just doesn't phase me, honestly. Like if somebody says, okay, no, I don't want to partner with you. I'm like, all right, look, I know there's someone out there that does. So let's keep moving. Let's keep pushing. Um, yep. And I'm sure I'm sure you with I'm Aware have gone through the same thing in um, some type of c capacity. Do you want to speak on like just having that tenacious or persistence to say, okay, I believe in my product and this is, I'm going to keep kind of pushing myself and my team forward? A hundred percent. And you're totally right. Every one of us, you know, dreads that first failure. And it's almost like you, you over kind of compensate for it. And then when it happens, you realize it's, you're kind of like a bobblehead. You just got like pushed back a bit and you snap back up. So it's like, as an entrepreneur, I almost wish you could go and get that first failure under your belt in that first week, because honestly, it's so meaningless in the end of it. You're going to find some other way, right? Like you said, and that's just kind of like human nature, right? How many of us fall and never get up, right? So I think we all have it in us to, you know, want to get up and want to try again. Um, so 100%, when it came to I'm Aware, we were told that, you know, everything from 
this is never going to fly there. This is pseudoscience. You know, you guys are going to, you know, end up hurting people. Everything that we stood for, we were being challenged, you know, and, and being told that it just that wasn't the right way to do it. Even some of the early doctors were like, you know, why are people going to want to do this? They want to go see their doctor. Um, and and all of that kind of like, you know, pushback was great because it really got us focused. Right. And we took a bunch of knocks early on and we got back up and we we're like, the science is great. So let's go prove to people the science is great. We went and wrote a peer review paper on that you know, and got it published in the best magazine in the world. So that kind of settled yeah. the conversation. Um, doctors were saying, hey, no doctor would get behind this. We went and found 12 amazing doctors who were really forward thinking, who thought, hey, if I only spend five minutes with a patient a year, shouldn't they come in and be really armed with the most accurate info in those five to 10 minutes? So here we built up an amazing advisory team, you know, that now are out there talking about our product, helping us make it better. Um, and kind of even on the technology front, how could we talk to old school lab equipment, you know, and, and get the, the zeros and ones from that machine presenting beautiful, easy to read, web friendly reports. Architects and developers were like, ah, you'll never build, it'll cost too much. So kind of the answer is you want to fail early and you want to kind of get back up and learn that so that as an entrepreneur, you realize that you're so much, you know, better equipped and thicker skinned than you think you are. And then the confidence kind of comes every day afterwards, right? Yeah, definitely. I, I love that. That answer is perfect. That's honestly what I was telling Ty uh, and Q uh, as well. I mean, Q, luckily, I didn't have to suffer through a lot of the stuff, and I still don't have to suffer through the, a lot of the stuff that Q had to. He started two companies before this, no, three companies before this. Two of them, I mean, he drove up, he's completely fine with me talking about this, but like he drove up massive debt. He, I mean, there was days that I would say, hey, Q, you want to hang out when I was working with the Bucks? And he's like, hey, I have, I have no money. Um, and I would obviously spot him or I would just be like, yeah, it's fine. I'll buy your burger or whatever we were doing that day. But I saw that from an outsider's point of view. And I always told myself, I don't know if I could do that. I don't, I don't know if I'm strong enough for that. And now it's crazy because like I almost like crave it. Um, even if, hey. let's say, if if this company for whatever reason this like if we had to liquidate or just if it failed um i don't know if i can go back to a job with the bucks i don't know if i can go back to all these different things because honestly i think i've finally found my passion i thought my passion was sports for all these years i'm wearing all bear stuff the bears play tonight hopefully they crush the packers um i'm a huge sports nut now and there was a time where I've been a huge sportsman my, my entire life, but there was a time with the Bucks where I realized, wow, I, I can't enjoy like turning on Sports Center anymore. I, I can't enjoy like going to a Bears game anymore because I'm looking at X, Y, and Z and I'm always thinking about work on the back end. And I'm doing the same right now. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm I'll watch a Bears game tonight and think about work. But at the end of the day, I can genuinely enjoy a game. I can genuinely um, enjoy going to a game with my dad. And that's, that's number one for me, like making sure that I can set stuff aside. But now with, the, with urban misadventures, we're just having so much fun that I, I'm addicted to it now. It's like, it's almost like a drug. Like I, I, I can't, I can't not be where I am right now. That's awesome. And, and it took, you know, it took a little bit of like diving off the deep end early on. And you guys probably swam around for a little bit to find out you know, who you are and what your message is and, and look where you are in just a year, right? 
Yeah. Time flies yeah. by. Yeah. That's awesome. That's fun. But basically what I like to do um, with these with these podcasts is really try to get into you and get into Yanni and get into who who Yanni was at 16 and what kind of advice would you give 16-year-old Yanni? Let's 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 start with that question. What type of advice would you give to 16-year-old Yanni? Oh, well, it's right off the back of that that confidence thing, you know. So I grew up in a small town, uh spent my days fishing, mountain biking, you know, trying to be good at school and kind of always like trying to compare myself to other people who are at the top of the class who are who are planning to go to better schools or you know, who were better at sports. I kind of was like, just okay at a bunch of things, you know, from like throwing javelin to cross country running to, you know, being playing tuba in the band, kind of a, a whole bunch of like, I feel like I was a jack of all master of none. And so yeah. you know, there was always somebody who's really good at that one thing that I might have like tried out. And uh, I wish I had, you know, could tell that person back then 16 year old me that you know, this is who you want to be. Like you want to kind of dabble in a bunch of things and embrace that. You may not be great at it, but at least you tried it. And, you know, I was way too kind of like focused on trying to be the best when I was trying that thing. And instead I should have just enjoyed it. I actually might've been okay at it if I had given myself a shot. So, you know, it took until kind of um, really my late twenties until I really got comfortable in my skin and started actually being proud about not having a skill per se. I loved calling myself, you know, uh, jack of all, master of none. And, and now that's who I am. Like, I, uh, I feel really good about that. And it took a, maybe a little too long. So um, I'd go back, you know, and just be like, be confident in who you are and, and uh, trust yourself maybe more than even you give yourself credit for. And if you fail on it, hey, you're going to get back up and try that or something else because there's so yeah. much opportunity out there. That's awesome. What happened in the in those late twenties that you finally kind of said, "Okay, I, I think I'm figuring it out." Was there like a pivotal moment in your life that kind of said, "That's it, I'm doing this," or "That's it, I'm running with this"? Um, was there that that moment for you? Yeah, so I kind of uh, took a job at a big consulting company out of school, and you know they kind of work you really hard and and make you feel good, but at the same time you work really hard and you're always trying to please you know, that partner and trying to get that promotion. It actually took quitting that job because I was working way too crazy for someone else's benefit. Someone else's Mercedes, in fact, you know, I was like, <laughs> go to the partners, you know, uh, parties and see all the cars in the driveway and be like, I'm working really hard for somebody else here. And I'm feeling kind of like that I'm not good enough. And it was kind of like all of that added up. And I'm like, I just need to actually go and find a career that I'm calling the shots on. Uh, because I just don't think I want to work for somebody else until I'm 40. And, you know, in consulting, the idea is you kind of make partner and then you get that big payday. Until then, though, you're really just like giving your life away. So uh, I quit that and it was the best thing I ever did. Now, don't get me wrong, working at a consulting firm, I learned a ton and I met a lot of great people. But uh, I don't think it was quite for me at that time. So getting the confidence to just be like, hey, I got dreams I want to follow. And actually listening to that voice and acting on it was pretty huge. I remember leaving the office that day and I didn't have anything lined up. And I just kind of walked home and this weight off my shoulders was just massive. And I'm like, I can do anything I want today. And that was the first yeah. time I felt like I'd ever felt that feeling in my life. And I was like 28, 29. So because wow. um, until then, it was kind of like, 
here's your high school, here's your school, here's your first job. And everything's kind of like happening for you or kind of at you, uh, at least for me. And uh, it was an awesome day. And that was kind of where everything then shifted and changed. And, you know, that was that. I tried a few startups after. And just like you're saying with Q, the first couple didn't work out well. We got really interesting, you know, dev stuff built. And, you know, in our little lab, it looked really cool. And of course, people were like, how do we use that? So, you know, it was (laughs) awesome, though, because at least I got to give it a shot. Yeah, exactly. I love that. And obviously, like, for me, my family shaped a lot for me. And I know uh, going through those, I felt like I was going through those same motions. As you said, everything's kind of set up for you, right? Um, And if I can, like, I felt, I told my parents this and they kind of got pissed off at the time, but now they understand. I honestly, I went to school because my parents told me to, and I was doing it because I knew it was going to make them happy at the end of the day. My dad works construction. My mom has MS uh, and celiac, and she's now on disability. But she worked um, from 22 to, um, honestly, until a couple of years ago in a hospital and scheduling every day. And they, they, they both have their high school degrees. Uh, they both had to drop out of college for me and my brother, making sure that they set up better lives for us. And they both took huge bets on themselves to move us out to the suburbs to get us a better education so that we could set ourselves up to go to college and all this stuff. And I hope my brother's listening. He took a little bit longer than four years uh, for his bachelor's degree. But um, it's it's honestly like one of the, the main things. The reason why I do what I do is to not it's obviously for me, but I think it's at the end of the day, I want to make sure that when I go home, my parents know that they're like they're all their contribu- contributions were worth it at the end of the day. So has your family kind of shaped who you are today? And if so, like, how how have they? Yeah, well, I mean, your parents sound awesome. Good, good on them. And that's, those are not Thank easy you. things to do. Can you imagine, like, just if you were to do that, you know, just to uproot and change your life? Um, it seems like, you know, they were a little more selfless back then, right? So. Oh, yeah. 22-year-old Izzy would not be able to do it. I don't know how 22-year-old mom and dad did it. <laughs> that's crazy, right? It's uh, times are changing. But uh yeah, I, I credit my parents a lot too. Um, my dad was one of like seven siblings, you know, was working at 17 uh, when his dad was actually fighting in World War II. Uh, wow. Finland versus Russia, he, he was a Finnish uh, national, so he actually went back overseas. So my dad was kind of like, you know, that eldest male figure in the house who was, was working. So that kind of discipline and, and, you know, he formed his own construction company actually. Um, so I got to work with, you know, I was lugging around, you know, concrete and wheelbarrows and putting up framing and, uh, doing a bunch of drywall. Um, I, I realized that, uh, you know, this is hard work and takes discipline. And, you know, I just watched my dad kind of run these projects and and this company, he had 80 people. I just watched how he kind of handled it, you know, super fluidly. And so I was really fortunate to grow up with that entrepreneurial spirit and discipline from my dad's side. And then my mom was a nurse. Um, she worked in ER and with with older people. And so I kind of got to watch. She was the empathetic one, right? So I kind of yeah. got to grow up watching this like butt kicking dad who was disciplined in construction, you know, and then my mom who was really caring for people and wanting to make sure, you know, whether it was at work or even at home, 
with our family, she's just taking care of people. She's always making sure that everybody else came first. And so yeah. my parents were huge in shaping, you know, who I am. And now I kind of feel like I jump between a little bit of both of those. Um, yeah. Days I, you know, just gear down and get stuff done. And other days, you know, I love going out to like gluten-free expos and getting on the ground to talk to people because I want to learn what's going on in their lives because I want to see how I can help. If there's anything I can do to, you know, even add a little bit to their life or if we can make our product better to make their lives better. So a hundred percent, I got to say thanks to my parents for, you know, and I don't know that they consciously said, Hey, by being who we are, we're going to shape our kid. It just kind of felt like it happened, you know, and, and oh, yeah. I was more watching what they were doing. I, I don't remember my mom specifically saying like, you know, make sure you take care of everybody else before yourself. Um, <laughs> so I think as a kid watching that and just being surrounded by it, kind of so often, uh, ended up shaping who I am. That's crazy. And, uh, to be honest, dude, like I, um, hundred percent Puerto Rican, um, yeah. back, 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 back in the day, obviously. Uh, so Columbus landed on Puerto Rico, um, and did all this stuff, brought all these people in. I have finished roots and it sounds like honestly, the way that you just described your family and that dynamic, it sounds exactly like my family. So maybe that makes sense. Um, but that's, Awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> That's really cool. But wow. I, honestly, like the family, the family portion is just huge to me. Um, at the end of the day, like I have um, a ton of little cousins. And I, I have cousins right now that are older than me that are struggling. And I want to, I, I really, like I've been spoiled my entire life. I'll be completely honest. Um, but I have also, like, I want to make sure that I show people, like, even if you aren't spoiled, um, like I, to be honest, in this entrepreneur route that I've taken, um, I also racked up a ton of debt. I also had to have my girlfriend pay my rent for four straight months. She doesn't, she was struggling. Um, and she was taking on more hours, but she making it, she made an investment in me and I wanted to let uh, obviously that next generation know like, Hey, it is doable. Um, even though that maybe mom and dad didn't do it, you can do it. Uh, mom and dad are just setting that foundation to make sure that you, you have the right to make that decision at the end of the day. Um, so it's, it's really, really cool. But what's in the future for you, Yanni? What's in the future for you personally? And then we'll, we'll get into it more. Wow. Um, I, I mean, I, I could have never predicted that I'd be here where I am today, you know, a few years ago. So um, my future, I always kind of leave it a little blurry just in case I want to go off and do something and, and not feel like I shouldn't have done it. But, uh, uh I really want to kind of, I'm so into this product right now that that's, that's where I need to be for the next little while. I need to see, do my part to help people get healthy, be healthy, stay healthy. It's, uh, it's a hundred percent where I need to be. Um, because fortunately I have been healthy, you know, knock on wood. Um, and I've been surrounded by, you know, good doctors and good education and, and good, you know, kind of hospitals. But there's a lot of people who don't have that and uh, and have that or can afford it. And so I need to be um, doing my thing to give that 100% so that some people can maybe get access to things they didn't have. And and so that's my future right now is, is helping people in that capacity. And whether it's through doing it with I'm Aware, um, helping not-for-profits, uh, whatever it is, doing another startup, like you said, you know, I think I'm addicted now. I don't know that I could go back and just work for somebody else again unless they had a pretty inspiring mission and we joined forces or, 
you know, that, that I could do, do a lot and contribute a lot. So I don't know that I could just be a little, uh, gear and a watch kind of factory again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I gotta go and, and keep giving and giving and giving cause I've received a lot, uh, over the last little while and life's been great. So that's kind that. of the future for now. And, uh, that's about as far as I can see. Right. You know, and, yeah. I love that. I think I, I, it's amazing just being able, and I'm sorry if you're hearing something different, my AirPods died, but um, I think it's amazing just seeing people just grow, right? And it, whether they're growing within a company or growing outside of a company or like in their own company, just seeing that transition. And I'm sure you've seen a transition in who you are and how you interact with people and everything in this growth of of the company and i i know that the company is very big uh to you um but you also in three and a half months you have a newborn on the way correct yeah awesome awesome so good something something that's really cool that i've been trying to implement is six months from our recording date which is six months from today so uh sometime in 2020 I think it'd be really, really cool to have you back on, right? And let's talk oh, about the newborn. Let's talk about what's what's happened with I'm Aware. And you, I know uh, we'll chat about it in a couple seconds here, but I know you're about to go through a Series B round um, with the company and get set up for growth. And I want to talk about that. I want and I want to talk about what you what have you failed with? Like, hey, did the Series B round actually work out or anything like that? Because I would I I would love to hear. Let's say. There's four podcasts of just straight Yanni and over time and people are just listening and to hearing that growth. It's really, really cool. Um, so in the future for the company, for I'm aware, what's what's in the future? I know the Series B rounds is on the way. And how how do you guys set yourselves up in the right position for growth? Nice. Well, six months from now would be February. So. Uh, if I don't get Series B, I'll be chatting with you about, you know, looking for jobs and what we can do next. <laughs> so that'll be interesting to see where we're at in Feb. Um, yeah, so, you know, Series B is is really not, like all these series and, and in fact, fundraising um, is always kind of glamorized as that's the big thing. Um, really, it's actually all of the hard work to kind of get to where you were the day before you do your pitches is the hard work. The series B pitch, the series C pitch, is the storytelling about the work you've done and the work you still have to do. Yeah. So, uh, to me, series B is is kind of just like a milestone to say, hey, we set out to do a bunch of things. We actually worked really, really hard to get there. We learned a ton, and now we have so much more we need to do. So, this fall, it's about you know even starting next week, telling that story about you know what what that vision is, why we're the people to do it what we've done and the people we've helped along the way and the fact that we think we can help a lot more people. Um, and that's the series B story for us. And the use of those funds, uh, if we find that right investor who's like, we love what you do, uh, we want to help you grow that story, change more people's lives, that series B is going to let us add these new tests faster, reach a broader audience, help innovate on some new tests, you know, heart and stroke screening, uh, most people find out they have heart disease when they have that kind of pain in the chest and sometimes that can be too late. Imagine you could screen for that from the comfort of home, uh, especially if you had family history. Yeah. And you could find out, you know, that you have a risk of this. And 
So things like that and expanding our tests to cover a full spectrum of autoimmune and cancer and cardiovascular mm-hmm. is going to be what we get to do uh, as a result of our Series B funding and kind of like put the pedal to the metal a little more aggressively uh, in terms of our brand and our reach and our storytelling. You know, that means probably me being more on the ground, talking to more people, telling this story. Um, six months from now, I'd love to be able to say, hey, I got that first, you know, TEDx invite to talk about sick care versus health care. Yeah. Uh, so that's what's lining up, you know, this fall. And uh, so Series B is just that kind of cool event where we get to look back and say this is what we've done and what we're going to still yet to do. So That's awesome. That's amazing. And I hope you get that TEDx invitation because I think a lot more, a lot of people need to hear this. And I, I hope there's a ton of people that just listen to the podcast, but I think you live would be so powerful, um, really. And just seeing you grow. I, I, I'm excited to see where this goes, uh, to be completely honest. I'm, I've told my parents about it. I've told most of my family about it. And they're all very, very intrigued. And I wouldn't be surprised if they've ordered stuff. Um, but I am really, really excited to see where you go and the brand goes itself. Um, and yeah, that's yeah. I, I I'm really like we talked. Me and Q were talking about it yesterday. I said, hey, I, I'm actually having Yanni on the podcast, so I need you out of the room so you don't make a whole bunch of noise. Um, but he, we were literally talking about it, and he's like, that's such a cool concept, and. I wish I was, he said, I wish I was smart enough to think about stuff like that. <laughs> but um, it's it's really cool being able to work with a company like you guys. Um, and I mean, anybody that is listening, I, I think it's full transparency. We are working with Yanni, uh, making some videos and stuff like that. So I think it's really, really cool to just, I, I hope to be involved in that growth and just see where we are in February or in next next September, uh, really, and see um, how we can impact and how we can impact each other at the end of the day. Because at the end of the day, I, that's what we want to do with this podcast is how can we help each other? If I can't help you, hopefully someone listening can. Um, so I'm I'm really excited. And I, I want to thank you uh, for jumping on today. And um, if there's any way that we can help, obviously, I'm going to shoot you a text or anything like that. You can shoot me a text. But where can where can people find Yanni, uh, and where can people find more information on that more? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn, and you know, just like you offered to your listeners, I want to offer the same thing to your listeners. If somebody's going through, you know, kind of trying to figure out what they want to do, or they're like, I just don't know how to do that first round of funding, um, I want to offer myself to your listeners. You can DM me on LinkedIn. Um, that's that's where I kind of live a lot because there's a lot of people in the professional area that are trying to do things in healthcare and I'm always, you know, chatting with them and connecting with them and trying to collaborate. Um, and then of course I'm aware is all across social on Insta, on Facebook, on Twitter, and our website is I'm aware.health, or you can just Google us. I'm aware. I M A W A R E. Um, our SEO crew is pretty good. So (laughs) you'll find us. Yeah, but uh, I'm totally an open book. And if there's anything I can do, you know, to help you guys and your listeners, um, I'm here to help. Awesome. Well, Yanni, thank you so much. And I'll keep you for two seconds after. But thank you so much for jumping on the Strange on Purpose podcast. Uh, Can't wait for February when we chat again. Awesome. Thanks for having me.